Okay, good afternoon everyone, um, and thank you Wayne for leading us. As Wayne has already said, we're going to continue our series in Proverbs today, and we're going to be looking at um, words. Uh, and with this, we're going to be moving around Proverbs quite a lot, so there's not just one passage that we're going to be looking at today, there's going to be uh, quite a number of passages that we're going to look at. So, for many of us, uh, we have actually heard this saying, in fact, some of us may actually have said this while we're at school, um, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt us. And this is something that we generally said in the, in the playground whenever we were getting a bit of abuse from um, our fellow um, uh, classmates or whatever in school. And this is actually a complete um, bit of childhood propaganda um, because all of us know that words are actually really powerful as we've been thinking about um, even in our service this afternoon. Um, they are powerful um, both in terms of doing good, uh, in terms of building people up and encouraging people. They're also powerful in terms of bringing people down and doing really negative and destructive things within people's lives. And so very often people will look back um, to folks uh, maybe of, of authority or influence in their childhood, so maybe a teacher um, or a a parent or a guardian or someone in authority who has spoken things into their lives. And if those things are good, and if those things are about the fact that you're loved, you're cared for, and that's really positive and that really builds someone up. But if those words are things like, you're never going to amount to anything, those are things that can actually really damage and pull people down. Our words are really quite powerful. And as we think about this, and as our society thinks about this, we have expressions, um, which will get sorted out in a moment or two on the screen. Um, for example, that the, the pen is mightier than the sword. And this was coined by a, um, a playwright back in the 19th century. And basically what it conveyed was the fact that um, our words of what we express are actually much more powerful very often in terms of changing people's thinking and changing people's attitudes and changing people's behaviour than violence or coercion may be. And we also think of words that we um, may... Oh, we're still back. <laughs> um, words that we may um, be familiar that, that have been written down. So, for example, uh, back in the 16th century, um, uh, Martin Luther... Uh, printed and, and wrote out his 95th thesis and pinned it to the door of the church in uh, Wittenberg Castle. And that was the beginning of a massive transformation that happened as a result of those words being written and put in that place. It changed the history of Europe and it changed many people's lives through what was happening and changed world history as well. We also um, uh, have this um, whenever uh, we actually think about another Martin Luther, Martin Luther King, and many of us will have read or heard the speech that he gave in Washington um, about he had a dream, and the difference that that um, message that he proclaimed, that he spoke that day, made to the, the United States, and how that changed how that nation thought about equal rights and about the, the, uh, those around. So words are really powerful. For us as Christians, 
Um, as Wayne already has reminded us today, we know that words are powerful because as we read back in Genesis, it was through God speaking that the whole of creation was brought into, into being. So it says there time and again, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be land. So we know that God and God's word is really powerful. Also we read in Hebrews, where there, um, the writer of Hebrews says about the word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword and about how it is effective at actually challenging and correcting um, our lives. That The word of God is powerful and is powerfully spoken to our lives. So a couple of passages which I will take, hopefully will come up on this, um, from Proverbs. Um, the lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Anxiety wears down the heart, but a kind word cheers us up. So for each of us, whether we are, um, we're not going to be world leaders, um, or people maybe as influential as Martin Luther, but for each of us, we recognize in our own lives, in our own situations, where what people say to us, what people speak into our lives, how that can be transformative in terms of how we feel about things, in terms of how um, we go about things. And this is what we want to do. We want to be people who are righteous and who actually nourish many through what we say. We want to actually speak words that will actually allay people's anxiety. We want um, words to be powerful in what they do and what they achieve. What we're going to talk about this afternoon is not limited to face-to-face speech. Okay, um, In our day and age, we have got so many different ways of communicating. We've got email, which is a bit old hat now. Um, we've got our mobile phones and normal phones. We've got texting. And we've got a multitude of different electronic um, media in which we can actually communicate with, whether that's WhatsApp, Facebook, and there's loads of them now. It's a, um, I'm thinking Instagram, lots of different things. And we can even write with pen and paper as well. Um, So there's lots of different ways that we can communicate with those around us. But not all forms of communication are equal. And so one of the things that we will think about as we go through this afternoon is that sometimes it is much more appropriate to use um, face-to-face conversations to actually talk to people, particularly if you've got difficult things to say. Sometimes, for each of us, we may have had times where we're really going through it and where somebody has written a letter or a card to us that we can read over and over again to let those things that are being said really sink in. And it's fantastic that that God has given us his word in this book, in the Bible, that we can look at and read over and over and over again and hear and receive what God has to say to us. So Proverbs, as we will look through, um, is going to tell us a bit about what we should do and also about what we shouldn't do as well, what are the things that we should avoid. So... Um, A gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This is the opening passage that uh, Wayne has just read uh, for us now. Also, um, the words of the wicked lie in wait for for blood, 
but the speech of the upright rescues them. So what this is about, um, as we seek to actually speak God's word into people's lives, is not about obeying a list of rules. It's not about talking this afternoon about some Christian semantics in terms of how we can actually um, uh, what, uh, to, to, to talk or to put a filter over our mouths. But it's rather about how God wants to change our lives. And one of the things that um, James spoke to us about um, a few weeks ago was the fact that what Proverbs is saying is not telling us about how we can be made right with God. Um, because um, that can only happen through what Jesus has done for us. Um, it's only through what Jesus has done for us that he has brought us from, um, from death to life, from darkness to light. For he has brought us into this new life and into this new relationship with him. He has made us right with him. And what we're wanting to do and to discover in, in this book of Proverbs is how can we live in this new life that God has given to us. And Jim put it really well a couple of weeks back. He said, God cannot love us any more than he already loves us. But he loves us too much to leave us the way that we are. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us into the people that he wants us to be. And part of that transformation is about how it transforms our speech. But at the root of that, we have to, to realize that it's not just about our words, but it's what lies behind that. Again, in Proverbs 26, we read um, these words. And enemies disguise themselves with their lips. But in their hearts they harbour deceit. Though their speech is charming, I do not believe them, for seven abominations fill their hearts. Their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Jesus puts it a bit more succinctly and he says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and this is what defiles them. And then we read, as we, we looked in Proverbs 4, Above all else, guard your hearts, for everything you do will flow from it. And so this afternoon, as we talk about words, um, as we think about how we should, how we should communicate with one another, um, a lot of this is about how God, through his Holy Spirit, wants not just to change our speech, but more than that, about how he wants to change our heart attitudes. Because as Jesus says... Out of our hearts comes out of our mouth. So what's in our hearts comes out of our mouth. So what our words are reflect what is actually inside our hearts. And so we need to examine, we need to guard our hearts, we need to change that. So what should our hearts be like? And how do we, what, what should this look like? And those are simple. Um, first of all, um, okay, sorry, we've gone out of sequence again. So first of all, it is about loving the Lord with all of our hearts. Um, of him actually being the very centre of our lives. That he is the number one. He is the one that we want to live for, that we care for, that we actually desire to, to actually um, live like him. And then the second thing is Jesus commanded us as well. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Um, but then he goes on to say, and love your neighbour as yourself. So it's also about having an active, uh, working at 
demonstrating care, concern for those who are around us, actually loving those. We need to expose our hearts to the light of God's word. And we read in 1 John 1 a whole section about this, about living in the light, um, about bringing our hearts out and actually letting uh, God examine how we are and how we live. And we need to, to do that. We need to read and meditate on God's word and live it out in our lives day by day. That's the thing that we need to do. It says in Proverbs 6, 21 to 23, Bind these commands always on your heart. Fasten them round your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life. In Psalm 139, it says these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart today. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Oftentimes, we, in our, our times together, we have confession. We have an opportunity for us to reflect on and to confess those things that have gone wrong in our lives. But that's something that needs to be a daily thing that we do where we actually daily come before the Lord and say, Lord, um, what's going on in my heart? What are the things that need to be put right with you? What are those things that need to be um, to be um, made right with you? We need to... Um, this hopefully will work. No, it's not. Um, we need to forgive one another. It talks about that in Colossians 3.13. We need to leave it, live at peace with one another. It talks about that in Romans 12. We need to pray for one another, even for those people who persecute us, even for those people who come against us, and we need to bear with one another. And it's a little bit like, um, for those of us who do DIY, um, if you've got a rotten bit of wood um, or a rusty bit of metal, oh, here we go, um, and you just paint over the top of it, it looks okay for a short time, but very quickly, the rust or the rot begins to show through again. Um, and what God wants to say to us, I believe wants to say to us today, is that we need to sort our hearts out. We need to sort out about how um, we love and care for one another and those around us um, before we then go on to, to, to be what we actually are talking about as well. So what do we need to do? Can I just move on to the next slide of that? So, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. And then the next one. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought-wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Okay, so interesting things here. So first of all, it is for each of us, um, there is a great temptation for us to just react to things. Whenever an email lands in the inbox, 
um, whenever something happens, for us just instantly to react to that. Um, and that, that most times is not the right thing for us to do. Um, sometimes it is for us to take a step back, to press the pause button, and to actually think about, okay, um, let's pray about this, let's think about what um, what is going on here, what is going on in this situation that we have just encountered. And as we were saying earlier, that may well be not to respond to that email, but to pick up the phone or to get into the car and go round and see that person and have a conversation with them and to talk through this thing that will actually be there. It talks about um, in Ephesians 4 um, about not letting the sun go down on our anger. Um, it talks about um, a do not give the devil a foothold in your life. And for many of us, we have experienced that in our lives where we have let things fester um, and that has given an opening to the evil one to get in and to start doing stuff that, that is going to actually break down relationships and cause problems. And what the Lord says is, don't let the sun go down your anger. It's okay to be angry. And Jesus got angry. And whenever we read about Jesus driving out the money changers in the temple, Jesus was, was angry about what they were doing. But he didn't sin. He didn't do wrong. But in our anger, we shouldn't sin. And part of that is just pressing the pause button and just waiting and reflecting and praying and even asking for the counsel of others um, in the situation to say, okay, this is happening. Can you just pray with me on this? Can we just talk about this? And as I say, then to respond to that. And the interesting thing about this is that sometimes being quiet is the best policy of actually just not saying anything. And it's almost with a bit of humour that it says here at the end of this verse, even fools, um, whenever they keep their mouths shut, appear really wise. Um, and we can learn from that. It's almost like a little bit of humour there, but it's for us as well, is that sometimes it is right for us to be quiet and for us to, to wait, um, and to wait upon God's time and then to respond and to say what, what needs to be said. Also, um, it talks... Uh, in Proverbs 29, 20. Um, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. And again, in Proverbs 12, 18. The word, words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. And sometimes in our lives and in the situations where we wish we had not said what we have said, um, it's very often because we have reacted rashly or without thought um, or without intention. And what um, we know is that words are powerful and we need to use our words carefully. We need to use our words intentionally. We need to use our words to bless and encourage and help um, our brothers and sisters. And so we need to be careful. We need not to talk rashly. But in a positive frame, in Proverbs 16.24, it says, Grace's words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And in Proverbs 15.4, it says, as we've read today, The soothing tongue is a tree of life. Isn't that what we'd love to do? Isn't that what we'd love to give to our brothers and sisters? Because as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another 
and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. And so that's what we want to do. We want to speak beautiful words. We want to speak uh, speak words of soothing words, gracious words into the lives of our brothers and sisters, into the lives of those around us to help them to flourish and to grow into the people that God wants them to be. So a couple of practical things about how we can do this, how we can encourage people um, from, from the scriptures. First of all, let people know you're praying for them. Um, in many of Paul's letters, he writes to the churches telling them about um, the fact that he is praying for them. And not only that he's praying for them, but what he's praying for them. And that must have been such a source of great encouragement. Again, for many of us, whenever we've been through difficult situations in our lives, we will have also um, seen that happening as well, where we have just the, the, the reality of knowing that people are praying for us, that people are there with us, really helps us encourage us. Also, it talks about thanking, again we read in lots of the epistles and lots of the letters of Paul, about thanking people specifically by name for what they have done. And Tashin recognise that and to give thanks for them. And so that may be um, us today um, saying thank you. I, I don't think they're here with us. Yes, they are. Uh, saying thank you to Chris and Mandy um, for um, the brilliant barbecue that we had over at their house just before church today and just the blessing that that was. And thank you so much for doing that. For saying thank you to, to John Whittle for all the work that he's been doing over the last little while with Mission Housing and getting stuff sorted out about that. Um, but we need to just make that a thing that we actually thank people for what they have done for us, for what and um, how they've encouraged us, how they've helped us. But also to recognise in, in our brothers and sisters those aspects that show Jesus through them to us. And again, Paul talks about that in, in Romans 1.8 where he talks about how what he has heard about the, the church in Rome, how that reflects um, what the gospel to him how that reflected how good God is and we can say those things to bless and encourage one another so as we've already thought about um, uh, in Luke 10 27 um, Jesus answered the um, the, uh, the lawyer with uh, the question of what's the greatest command he answers love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself and so what we want to think about as well is using our words to bless not only those within the church, not only those who know and love the Lord Jesus already, but to bless those outside. And if you remember in that passage, Luke, what Jesus went on to talk about was the parable of this, the Good Samaritan. Um, and really the meaning of that parable was that our neighbor is everyone, um, even people from different cultures, than we come from, who have got different views than we have, and people who are um, from different backgrounds to the ones that we are, that we are called to love them and to speak God's love into them. And in Proverbs, we have these couple of verses in uh, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. And it's um, the, 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 the dad figure in Proverbs speaking to his son and saying, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So a lot of, of Proverbs are written by, by King Solomon. So his son was likely to be in a place of big uh, influence and authority. 
And for most of us here in KCC this afternoon, we're not going to be uh, politically, um, uh, maybe some of us might be, we can, we can, Wayne's already prayed about that, that we'd have more Christians in, 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 in uh, public life. Um, but for those of us at the moment, we're, we're not in that position. But yet we live in a country that is um, a democracy, um, where we actually do have ways of influencing government. And one of the things that we can think about is how can we stand up for those who are destitute around us, those people who are, are suffering injustices. And there are many, many good Christian organisations that are actually involved in doing things like that. So we've got people like CARE, we've got people like Evangelical Alliance, we've got people like Open Doors, um, and many, many others who um, are actively involved in lobbying government to see justice um, for those who are in need. And we can write to our MPs, we can get involved in that, but also in a lower, smaller scale of things, whenever we're in situations, and it may be at school, it may be at college, it may be at work, where someone is being picked on, where somebody is being downtrodden in some way, that we can actually stand up and speak, that we can actually stand up and do good for those people, that we can speak into their, their situation and seek justice and seek what is right with those around us. We want to be people, um, as it says in Romans 12, 13 and 15, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. So God calls us to be people who are actually actively blessing, who are actively encouraging who are actively speaking good into people's lives. And it's not just about all about words. and We have to live this out in our lives as well. So it talks about, in this passage, about hospitality. It talks about sharing with those who are in need of giving practically to those people who are around us. But it also involves speaking good things into these people's lives as well. So what should we be avoiding? Proverbs 26.20 says, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. And again in Proverbs 11, 13 to 14, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. So again, what it's talking about here is we don't want to be stirrers. Um, I don't know, do people use that term? We um, Back home, when you talk about people who stir things up, people who, who actually fuel the fire of gossip, fuel the fire of controversy, we're not to be like that. We're to be people who are peacemakers. We're to be people who actually bring about unity and um, cooperation with people. And, and gossip, I think most of us know what gossip is, but gossip is where it's not sharing stuff for people to pray for other people. That's not gossip. It's, it's, it's not actually sharing stuff to actually help and to support someone. But it's whenever we're, we're just spreading around stuff that um, shouldn't be being said, that stuff that we wouldn't be happy about being said about us. Um, and also, we need to be people who, as it says in, in this last passage, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors, that we need to step up as well, and we need to speak into situations. Um, and again, it's... Um, uh, and um, I can't remember where this is. It was on one of the slides. Um, but where, in order for evil to prosper... Um, it takes uh, good men to do nothing. 
um, and it's almost this sense of actually we need to be people as well who step forward and who speak into situations and who, who do right. In Proverbs 12.22 it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And again, that's pretty obvious. Our God is a God who loves truth. And we need to be people who speak honestly, whose yes is yes and whose no is no, that we're people that can be trusted, people that actually speak well into other people's lives. In Ephesians 4, um, it talks these things. Uh, uh, we're going to read a few verses from here. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, in Christ God forgave you. So, um, this afternoon... Um, Sorry that the slides have not worked. I don't know what has went wrong, so that's hopefully not detracted from what we've been saying this afternoon. But I want to just leave you with three things for, for you to think about. First of all, it is, as we've looked at this afternoon, uh, words show us what's in our hearts. So I really encourage you to, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, to examine your heart. And also to guard our hearts against those influences and those things that can get in there that can actually affect how we look at things. And through the Holy Spirit, to let the Lord change our hearts because he can do that. He can turn our hearts around as we are open to him and as we listen to his word and as we respond to his words. And we've learned this afternoon that words are powerful, so let's use them really well. Let us be intentional with our words to bless, encourage, help and make a difference for good in the lives of those people around us. And let us avoid gossip, lies, curses, unwholesome talk or any foolish talking that is not right for the people of God to do. So let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you um, um, have come and through your word that you have created the world and that you have come and shown us through your word who you are and you have called us to come and to follow you. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be people who reflect you to those around us, Lord, by the way that we live, by the way that we speak, by the way that we are that we would bless, encourage and build up those people around us, that we would do good and that we would be your ambassadors, that we would be your shining light in all that we do. For these things we pray in your name. Amen.